Good morning, everyone. This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Joining me on the phone is Jessica Savage, who's the Director of Community Collaboration for the Vermont Council on Rural Development, and Amanda, Amanda Gustin, who's the Chair of Barry Up. And um, I welcome you two to the show. Thanks for hanging on. Um, maybe you could start out, um, I'll call on Amanda first to talk about yourselves and how you came to facilitate the Barry post-flood recovery discussion, which was held on December 8th, uh, December, October 18th. Sure. Good morning. Thank Good morning. you for having us both. Um, so it's been, uh, it's been a heck of a summer and fall. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that. Uh, yeah. Um, I got involved with this work, uh, because that first week after the flooding, after I got my own basement, relatively dry. I headed downtown with a shovel uh, and started to see what I could do. And by the end of that first week, that meant um, that along with some some incredible friends and partners, um, we helped to organize some of the big volunteer day uh, intake and dispatch work that was happening in Barry City uh, to support people in debris removal and other work recovering from the flood. And that work uh, sort of continued through the summer and then morphed into what became Barry Up, which is a new uh, independent nonprofit that is helping support residents uh, and uh, others in Barry City through the recovery and the long-term recovery. We're expecting probably two to three years, the long-term recovery from the flooding. And I would say really pretty early on we knew um, – that we needed to keep talking to people about their their vision for a post-flood Barry City, and uh, VCRD were the were the perfect partners to do that with us. That's great. Thank you for that, um, Jessica. You want to go ahead? Sure. Hi. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So the I, I I do work for the Vermont Council on Rural Development, and we. Uh, generally, we're a, an independent, nonpartisan nonprofit, and we provide facilitation and technical assistance to Vermont's communities. Um, rural, rural is, you know, relative here. Uh, <laughs> we work with pretty much any community in Vermont. Um, and post flooding, you know, we were hearing from a lot of communities that we have close ties to, um, just about how intense it was, what people were going through. And we were starting to see a readiness to have, as Amanda noted, some conversations. Um, and I would say with, with Barry, what happened, <clears throat> we were asked initially by the city manager and, and the mayor uh, to consider some kind of uh, post-flooding discussion. Um, and we said, well, we think it might be about as early as you could do that, right? It was... It was in, they asked us in late August, um, and we said, and we also feel like, you know, especially with Barry, we know there's been this huge volunteer effort, this neighbor-to-neighbor effort, um, and we're wondering if, if there's a good partnership there in terms of um, seeing what that group, what Barry up needed in terms of uh, connecting with the community. So that's, that's how we came to work uh, with this group um, and put together uh, something a little more adaptable to the moment. You know, it was a tough time, and we wanted to design something and facilitate a community engagement process that uh, recognized that people had been through something tough but probably needed to come together and process some of that uh, before they were ready to think about the whole big 
what comes next kind of conversation. So that's why we had a two-part process in September and then again in October. That's great. That's really excellent. Um, and I usually ask this question at towards the end, but I figured today I'd ask it right up front when people, and this is brand new on their minds, um, uh, Amanda, how can people help and join Barry up? Uh, how can they do that? Because there's still a lot of work to be done and it will go on for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm happy to repeat it again at the end so we catch as yep, many people right. as possible. Sure. Uh, so uh, you can go to barryup.org, and that is B-A-R-R-E-U-P dot org. And on that website, we have ways, if there's anyone out here listening to this and thinking, yeah, I, I could still use some, some support in my recovery. Uh, I'm still trying to figure things out. We have a form there where you can uh, write in to be connected with one of our case managers. Uh, we have a place there where you can sign up. We're doing uh, weekly, weekly email newsletters with opportunities uh, to help. Uh, this week, for example, there's a community care day coming up this weekend. There's a, a holiday decoration uh, collection and then giveaway to folks who may have lost things in their flood. And we're doing drop-in hours uh, with our case managers in our flood recovery hub where people can come in and uh, and meet up with folks who can help them navigate. It's, it's an absolute maze of possibility of how people can find support after the flood. And our model is one that seeks to sit with and listen to people who have been affected right. by the flood, uh, follow their lead, and, and help them develop their own plan uh, to navigate those resources and figure out what support they need. So if you want to sign up for the newsletter or if you want to volunteer, to help support any of that work, uh, you can reach out. There's a form on the website. You can also reach out directly to info at barryup.org. Great. Um, Amanda, thank you very much. I don't know who would be the best to um, explain the damage experienced in downtown and particularly the residential areas. Oh, it's just so sad to drive through there. I read somewhere that uh, Barry was one of the hardest hit areas in Vermont and where all that mud came from is another whole, <laughs> I think another whole show. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's, uh, that's probably me. Um, so <clears throat> the first thing I'll tell you is that we're still grappling with, uh, ways to understand and quantify, uh, the damage we have. We have a pretty good initial understanding, but actually last last night was the first meeting of our data subcommittee for Barry Up that's going to start to analyze everything we can find and everything we can think of to, to really truly understand um, understand everything. Right. But uh, I'll give you the, the sort of top-level overview, uh, which is that uh, <clears throat> Barry City uh, flooded uh, differently from Montpelier. You've probably heard a lot about the way Montpelier and seen the pictures about how the water rose and was standing in downtown Barry City flooded uh, with fast-moving water. Um, I actually personally saw it come in. It, it blocked my entire neighborhood off that Monday night. Um, fast-moving water, most of our major streets were, were raging rivers uh, that Monday night, which meant that we had uh, significant damage uh, in our downtown uh, on Main Street there. Basically, any business that had anything stored in any basements uh, lost that, and a number of our businesses had first floor inundation as well, uh, as well as that area all sort of behind um, Enterprise Alley is what it's called, some old granite sheds back there. Those all got first floor inundation. And then, uh, as you say, <laughs> the mud. So where the 
the next sort of area I'll describe is is the north part of Barrie, the north end of yep. Barrie, which is, if folks are familiar with Barrie, if you're going down Main Street and getting on the Barrie Montpelier Road, heading towards Berlin, and then and then Montpelier, that residential neighborhood there, which is down by down by the branch of the river there. Um, that got hit with both inundation, the waters rising, and that uh, sort of river that came through, and that uh, neighborhood was absolutely, absolutely yeah. devastated. And right. that is a, a mixed neighborhood of a lot of single-family housing, a lot of multifamily housing, and, and a number of businesses as well as some major industrial businesses, um, Air Auto and RK Miles, that was Allen Brothers. Um, and Hutchins Roofing uh, and, and a number of other businesses uh, got hit extremely hard, but a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of residential damage, uh, yep. profound residential damage in that area. And the last thing I'll mention too is that uh, the geography of Perry is that it is hills leading down to that valley of Main Street. So <laughs> a lot of folks up on the hills. My my house is at the same elevation as the Barry Auditorium. Um, so pretty, and you got flooded. pretty decently up a hill and our basement flooded just because there was so much water coming down the hills uh, and heading towards downtown. So we saw uh, furnaces, hot water heaters destroyed all over the city, even at high elevation. Um, and we saw people who lost power for days because their electrical flooded, right. uh, which meant they lost everything in their fridge, even at, even at elevation. And of course, last but not least, we saw significant landslide damage because there was so much water that the soil just, just right. loosened up and, and gave way. Uh, and we lost a number of houses at elevation to landslides. Yeah. It, and that seriously, that mud. Um, I've said this, I don't know how many times I've talked about this on the radio. I'm sure people are getting sick of hearing me. I tried to help a friend who had mud in her basement and I didn't, mm-hmm. la- I've got a few years on these bones and I, d- it was like lifting cement. It was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. One of the uh, out of state relief organizations told me during those initial days that they had bucketed out, shovel and bucketed out 30 cubic yards of silt and mud from one basement. Oh my God. That's just, just staggering. It's incredible. I, I went home and took a few showers, I'll tell you. Um, yeah. it was, don't even want to think about it. It was really horrible. And, um, anyway, it was, and you know what else surprised me? Um, she had a lot of, um, uh, paperback books in her basement. Mm-hmm. And when those things, it was like lifting bricks. I, mm-hmm. I never thought about paperback books being something I couldn't lift up. That's pretty sad. But when they're mm-hmm. when they're water soaked, it is. Um, it was just I, the whole thing just blew my mind. It was terrible. Um, anyway, and, and I'm sure everybody was worried about mold and um, just all sorts of terrible things. Um, so thank you for that explanation. I had Bob Nelson on at one point talking about when you were talking about the basements of the businesses where they keep – he had all almost all of his supplies, extra supplies yep. down there, and that was all gone. And um, he was – at one point, I think he called WDEV and, and just asked for help because yep. – there was no matter how much help there was, it probably wasn't wasn't just enough. It was just so many people were needed. It's bad. Yeah. Anyway, so you held a meeting, um, which I think uh, I just want to hear about that. It was on October 18th, um, and it looked from the pictures that it was fairly well attended. 
I know my church got out uh, posters and stuff and um, notices to let people know that it's happening, particularly in the North End, um, so that they could be heard. Um, what what was the um, I don't know how you capture this, but what what was the feeling when folks were there? I'm sure they were glad to be heard. Um, Jess, I'll let you talk about you, that. You want me to talk about it a bit? Um, so, Pat, we actually had two public meetings. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, uh, there was one on September 13th, um, which was that initial discussion where, um, you know, and Amanda can can talk more about this, but the the goal really was to um, hold a, a deep community discussion. Um, you're really getting a sense of what people's you know the response to the flooding right. had been for them. Um, you know how was it? Uh, you know what was what gave you hope? What what really was hard? Um, and then to start to think a little bit about like what people were ready to <laughs> turn towards next, um, which in some cases it's still very much immediate. I mean, at that point, it's, it's only two months post-flooding. There's still a lot of like immediate needs right. in front of people. Um, others were maybe more ready to think bigger. Um, and that meeting, it was, it was the thing that struck me and Amanda, I want to hear your impression of this too, but you know, we had this, a um, whole community, well, not a whole community, but a, a whole uh, big discussion in the uh, in the uh, Barry Opera House there. And I really felt like people to a person <clears throat> could have gone on and on about how appreciative they were of their neighbors oh. showing up for them, so of their community members. Um, it was uh, nice. It wasn't that it was necessarily joyful but it was sort of this deep uh just like recognition that barry is full of really good people who showed up for each other and that to me was um it was much easier to get people to talk about the hopeful things in the flood response um that that was just easy for people to complete keep volunteering some good stories about their neighbors showing up for each other um so, and then, yeah. Amanda, could you kind of add to what Jessica was talking about? Do you want to weigh in on that, about how people were feeling at that meeting? Sure. I think she I think she summarized it really, really nicely. And, and I would say that the attitude of, of people being grateful that their neighbors stepped up and that there was a, a true mutual aid response um, was one that I noted as well. Uh, and I think that... There was simultaneously that feeling that you know we we can help each other, uh, that Barry City can can help you know, its neighbors, uh, and also I, I think a, a sense of the enormity of the challenges ahead of us. Um, so those two things, you know, the the enormity of of what not only the immediate post flood uh, challenges, but the the underlying challenges that the flood highlighted and exposed uh, even more starkly. Uh, we're paired with that sense of you know what we can we can figure this out we can we can make big bold uh, right. solutions together uh, so that that felt that felt good yeah. um, and then so the September 13th as just described was uh, just a sort of community conversation about the flood and visioning and so on and then October 18th 
uh, VCR did a wonderful job of distilling down uh, a lot of the takeaways from uh, that forum, which actually had a big open uh, initial section and then six uh, sub-meetings, each themed around topics we thought uh, would be of interest uh, and took a ton of notes and distilled those beautifully. And then we chose the top three to move forward with into October 18. And we also looked around in September and said, this is great. We've got a whole bunch of people here. But what we really want to do is make sure that we work as hard as possible to get as many people as possible who were directly impacted by the flood uh, to come and share uh, share their perspective and share their their hopes and dreams. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, we uh, dropped about 800 pieces of, of literature throughout all of right. the most flood damaged areas. We went door to door and talked to people and said, please, you know, please come out and, and, and dream with us. Uh, huh. And we, we did a huge push. Uh, and I think the October conversation uh, really, really uh felt like it reflected that work. Well, it's, I think it's important, first of all, to get people the help they need, but also the governor said that the more they can document about the impact, the more funding they get from the Fed. So um, he was really encouraging people to report their damage and, and what happened because um, we like as much money as we can get, obviously. So that's an important part of this. Um, you talked about, um, I read that there were three uh, critical areas, and one of which surprised me, but we'll talk about it, was housing, social and community well-being, and infrastructure and planning, which were sort of lumped together. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was, I was surprised about the housing only because, um, I, I guess I don't know, I don't know why. I mean, these people were so. Uh, impacted by their housing and there's no place there was no place for them to go um uh, and and housing is such a big issue here in vermont i just i i don't know why it just surprised me but anyway what what was the reaction from people about talking about the housing because it's just a, a dire need that's it's a crisis here in vermont particularly and now we've got this flooding so i don't know how one fixes it quickly yeah and i think that's that's one of the significant takeaways is that there are some near-term uh, things that can be done, but but quickly is is yeah. a tough word um, uh, for housing. Uh, I I was scribing for the social and community well-being, and though I've read the reports, I know that Jess has been has been knee deep in those reports. Um, so I'll let her okay, cool. talk about some of the themes that came out of the housing. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so for that uh, October meeting, what we did is, like Amanda said, we wanted to get more people who'd been directly impacted by the flooding in the room. And because um, <clears throat> because there was just a clear, uh, those three themes were really clear to us when we looked at the takeaways from the September meeting as the places to really go deeper. We wanted to really hear from folks about <clears throat> sort of what the immediate uh, short-term action should be and then some of the longer-term actions. So that was the way we kind of framed up each of those three focus groups. Um, the housing one had a significant amount of people at it. And, and the other thing we did for the October meeting is because we knew we were asking people to think about um, actions that needed to happen, um, and we do these kind of community processes a lot, and it's great to invite people to think about what they want to do or what needs to happen, but it's really important to 
have resource providers listen to that mm-hmm. um, because for two reasons. One is as they're developing resources, especially right now in this environment where um, there's kind of this <laughs> resource that is being uh, resources that are being created, right? They're not, they weren't pre-existing before the flood. Some of them were, but some of them are, are, are new or being added to. They really, we really wanted to make sure that resource providers could hear from people about what their needs were. Mm-hmm. So as they're thinking about creating these resources, they would be adapted based on, hopefully based on people's input. And then the second thing is having resource providers there who can say, hey, what we're hearing is X, Y, or Z, and here are some resources that are available to help you right. take that step is also really good instead of it being like feeling as overwhelming, maybe. Right. Um, so we had resource providers in all of these breakout groups as well. Um, and I can talk a little bit about what came out of the housing, um, the housing long-term and short-term actions, but, <laughs> you know, to summarize, you know, we, they, there really are some short-term, like people need housing right now. Now, right. In, in Barry, right. And, and people need housing in the long-term too, right. There's, there are people who don't have a secure place to stay tonight and there are more people who need, and those people plus a bunch of other people need <laughs> more housing in Barry. So that was clear in the conversation as two very important things that uh, Barry is going to have to focus on. And I know they are. Yep. Yeah, because it's uh, the, what the night before last, it was sub zero and there are people outside, which just is too upsetting for words. We're going to have to take another break in just a minute. So I don't want to get too much into the discussion, but I certainly would like to talk about infrastructure and, and planning and, and kind of what's next for everybody, because um, you also had a few articles about housing and some disagreements amongst the council members and and folks so we should talk about that because hopefully everybody can get on the same page here pretty quickly so um can somebody talk about uh what people are anticipating or expecting from the infrastructure and planning because wasn't that long ago that all of main street was uh, torn up and and redone with the sewers and uh bigger pipes and obviously not big enough yeah, I, uh, so I think one of the messages that we're all hearing loud and clear across the state is that water is going to do what water is going yeah. to do. Right. And, and that our infrastructure should not necessarily simply build bigger or build stronger. Right. Especially in an era, you know, we're facing down decades more of, of climate induced, um, disasters coming at us, unfortunately. I think that uh, a lot of the focus around the infrastructure section talked about the river, huh. rivers, right. and how we work with water and how we understand the way uh, that the rivers flow and uh, flow high when they flood and, and work with that uh, instead of simply trying to block it because right. <laughs> um, we're not, we're not going to win that one. Nope. So uh, there was a, a big, uh, quite a lot of good, good conversation. So some some years ago, I think it was three years ago, VCRD facilitated a community-wide conversation here in Barrie called All In for Barrie. And out of that conversation came a river access task force. 
oh. that has been doing some some really wonderful work here in Barrie around uh, educating folks about the rivers in Barrie. I learned, thanks to their social media posts, that there are otters on the rivers in Barrie, which is just a delightful thing. Right. <laughs> and uh, and so folks from that River Access Task Force were in that in that conversation, uh, talking about ways to, for, to, to educate people about what the rivers do, uh, things that they have done in the years since that, their formation that actually did make an impact on the flood, like install some things to sort of catch uh, debris coming down the river. Um, and they do regular river cleanups and river walks and things like that. They sponsored some of the, some of the immediate cleanup post flood. So I think the, um, that's a big, a big right. piece of what, how we have to think about our infrastructure going forward. Yeah. Cause you're right. Water is just so powerful. Uh, it's just surprising. Um, I, I had a big flood in my basement at one time and I'm, I'm by myself. My husband was, was out and I'm, I'm putting the water in the, in the bucket. And then I tried to lift the bucket. I'm like, well, that's not working. <laughs> so water is, you, you can't fight it. It goes where it wants to go. Yep. So I, I didn't know there was such an entity. I've got to research that. That's really great. Good for you guys. Um, so, no, I, yeah, go ahead. I'll just add that um, we're hearing this across the state, you know, communities, nothing like a flood to make you realize your upstream and downstream neighbors uh, <laughs> right. and what, you know, how water is going to do what it's going to do and your decisions up and downstream affect. Right. other communities. Um, so it really is what we're seeing right now is a moment where, um, you know, like Amanda said, they have this amazing um, river group at the, at the local level. Uh, there you have, uh, Barry has a planning department, which not every mm-hmm. community in Vermont does, which is great. Um, and the regional planning commission is there as well as the agency of natural resources has a bunch of uh, watershed planners, people who can, who are really, you know, I hope that we're going to see a lot more attention being paid to this sort of watershed, rivershed <laughs> management approach that's, that's sort of across communities. Because even if Barry City did everything it has talked about doing around infrastructure uh, to, to mitigate flooding, there's other communities upstream that still are going to have an effect on them. So right. it really is something where I hope it's a moment where Vermont communities um, – Really, really that's think great. about think about that. Is together. this group also looking at the landslides? Because that's actually been an issue in Barry for at least on 302. I live down down street in, in Berlin, and that's always been an issue um, uh, of landslides because the because of the construction and housing up top of the hill that there's nothing to hold the land. I don't know that that came up in this particular conversation. I know that. Uh, we now have been having, or I say we, the city more accurately, has been having a lot of conversations with uh, engineers, right. um, both private companies and at the state level, about uh, the, the landslides. I mean, I mentioned earlier that we lost houses to landslides, yep. but there were a lot of, of small ones that blocked roads and um, Big ones yeah, <laughs> that no. destroyed roads as well, uh, and some in just people at sinkholes, just in people's yards, opened yeah. up as well. So I do think we have uh, we have a lot of thinking to do about our built environment yep. uh, around the soil itself and around where our built environment is and how that 
is going to react to, to future climate disasters in ways that just would not have occurred to us right. until we, we saw our own our own yard turn into a sinkhole. Well, don't you? I mean, it was the whole summer was rain, um, um, and I think the ground just couldn't couldn't deal with it anymore. And then we've got the flood, so it was no place to go but where yeah. it wanted well, to that's, go. That's, uh, that was the pattern for the flood of twenty seven as well. Oh, it was. It just, yeah, that there would have been an entire summer and early fall of huh. heavy rain, and the twenty seven flood was. Not a hurricane, not a tropical storm. It's just one bad rainstorm that rained hard for two days. Wow. After a summer in which the soil just, just couldn't hold any more water. Um, but there's, I think there's some really interesting creative thinking, yeah. uh, starting to emerge about that. And we think and talk a lot about where water goes now. Right. Uh, in terms of agricultural use as well. Uh, so, and I, I, I couldn't, more hardly agree with what um, Jess said about upstream and right. downstream. I'm, I'm thinking a lot about what uphill neighbors, even more hyper-locally in Barrie, can do um, about uh, helping their own right. land uh, absorb more water and redirecting water from their own property in ways that is helpful rather than contributes to a larger problem. Yeah. Well, you just mentioned uh, farms and farmland agricultural uh, soil gets really ruined by floods. I mean, that's that yeah. takes years to cultivate and one good flood and you may be back to ground zero, which is um, yeah. which is pretty sad. So um, I read where there are, back sort of to housing a little bit, there are about 500 housing units that were impacted. Where are these people now? Because from what I see in the north, I don't think many are back home. Yeah, no, uh, unfortunately, no one has good information on that right now. Oh. Um, we're, we're working hard. Uh, we have pieces of answers. Um, some people are, are being housed, uh, in hotels. Uh, FEMA offered rental, uh, assistance, uh, to people whose houses were most badly damaged. Some people have found different apartments. Yeah. Some people are, are staying with family or friends. Um, and and some people have have nowhere to go. Uh, unfortunately, this is a this is a number I know a lot of people are working to get to get a handle on right now. Um, and and no one has precise numbers. Even the uh, DCF at the state level just recently testified that they don't have precise numbers. Wow. Uh, so. Oh, that's <laughs> it, sad. Yeah, it's it's unsettling. Uh, well, I hope they're getting the help that they need, and thank you for their friends. Um, a little couch surfing, I guess, is, uh, but that's no way to live long term for sure. So um, now there's been a lot of discussion about the housing projects, big housing projects, small housing projects, but there's also an issue of um, labor. Um, how many uh, folks are out there, construction folks are available. I know we were talking in Montpelier, a lot of the stores had trouble finding uh, people to do to replace their flooring. There's just not enough uh, service uh, providers out there to do the work. And besides, mm-hmm. material costs are like through the roof. Um, so it's not just so easy as uh, fix it because – you have to wait in line for people to fix it. Well, and you have to, yes, and uh, there are also 
going to be ways to fix things that are more flood resilient for the future. So ah. there's going to have to be a way of thinking about building back better. Right. Um, not just simply, there was a, a great article a couple of days ago that featured one of our homeowners here in Barry City uh, thinking about how do I get all my systems out of the basement? Right. How do I, how do I raise things up? How do I um, make it so that every flood is not a furnace replacement? Uh, nice. So there's going to have to be new solutions to to those things uh, as well. Uh, but on the on the labor issue, one of the things I'm proud that we're doing uh, with Barry Up, and we're about to start uh, on this, is we are, have an agreement with Resource uh, and Youth Build, who have a facility here in Barry City that was also hit very very hard, pretty much completely destroyed, huh. uh, and they are going to be putting teams of uh, students who are getting certifications in construction together Great. to uh, do rebuild here in Barry City. So we're both uh, putting houses back together and putting people back in their homes and also uh, training uh, young people who, for whom this is an, extre- an extremely viable and phenomenal career choice going for sure. forward. And they're, they're learning the right skills uh, taught in a, in a supportive way. That's an Everybody Wins resources. project. Yeah, yep. I'm really, I'm Super. really happy that we're we're able to do yeah. that with them. And that's a great uh, trade. Great, uh, they it pays great, and mm-hmm. uh, and you, obviously you're never gonna, it's never gonna go out of style. We always need uh, construction folks. Um, I know yep. that the governor. I don't know if you were in attendance. Uh, presented to the city council um, uh, redesign for the city. And um, he said it would be about $100 million, but he's hoping that the Federal Disaster Relief Fund um, uh, would be able to help quite a bit. How how was that received? I, I know very little about it other than what I read in the paper, um, but he did come forward and, and um, try to offer some assistance. But that was mixed, uh, was met with some mixed reviews. Um, but uh, do you know what people were thinking about that? Um, I, I would say that I think a lot of people, there's, there's general agreement that there needs to be, uh, some radical rethinking right. of our, of our built environment here in Barry City, particularly in parts of the city that are more flood prone, like the North End. Right. And I think, uh, we are in general agreement that there need to be more, uh, more density, uh, in our housing solutions, uh, and that, um, Barry City is, is a little less than four square miles. It's one of the more densely populated, uh, cities in right. the entire state. Um, but it does still have, have the ability, uh, to bring more people in because it can be a really lovely, walkable, yep. um, community focused, uh, city. And that's what a lot of us who, who live here, I'm, I'm a seven minute walk from downtown. I love that. Right. We yeah. walk to the movies on Friday night. Uh, so I think that uh, both of those are absolutely things we know we need to, to imagine for Barry City going forward. Um, central to all of Barry Up's work has been to put residents and people impacted by the flooding first in everything we do to center them in everything that we do uh, to make sure that uh, we are treating people with respect and giving them agency uh, in, in the choices that they make about their lives and their future. And so I would say that um, whatever imagining we do uh, for the city needs to hold that perspective at its very core. 
which is this, this is one of our most historic neighborhoods in right. Barry City. This is this is a, a very old uh, granite uh, cutter neighborhood. Folks could walk to the granite sheds from North uh, North End right. uh, Housing. And if we're going to reimagine it, I think we need to to think deeply with uh, the people who live yep. in that neighborhood and the people who live in Barry City more generally. So I would say that that some of the reaction to the plan has been that um, nothing about this plan so far includes any of that. Huh. Uh, so, you know, I think folks look, see the big picture and think, yep, I, you know, yeah. I agree with, with the 50,000-foot view. Right. Um, well, I know but, that uh, when I was yeah. in the legislature, I represented Berlin and the North End in Barrie. Those people are wonderful. They are yeah. hardworking. Um, they have low income, but they are just really, it's a great community. And, and when I, my heart aches for them. It's just so sad to look at what's happened. I just want to ask you, what's next? What, um, are there any meetings scheduled? Um, what's, what's going to happen? I presume there'll be some kind of report submitted to the council. What's next for you both? Um, Jess, I'll let you so, start. <laughs> yeah, I'll start. So uh, VCRD has a draft report uh, based on the notes from both of the meetings that we've submitted to Barry up for their review. Um, and uh, I'll let Amanda describe a little bit about what they're thinking for the next step. Um, but once we get back sort of their review and any additional input they'd like, uh, we'll finalize, make it look like if you've ever seen a VCRD community report, it'll look kind of like that. It'll live online. Um, if paper copies are wanted, we can get those printed for folks, and then it'll be publicly available um, for, for everybody. And is there a way for people to comment back, like on the website, or um, put their two cents in about what they feel about the report? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I think at this, at usually at the end of those reports, we hand it back to the community. So uh, um, I do think, as Amanda mentioned at the beginning, the intake form and the staying in touch uh, form with Barry Up would be a really good way to stay involved um, and contribute to the next step. Yeah, I just, because sometimes that one conversation will trigger another idea and and get people thinking more. It's hard when you ask people, well, what do you think? And they sort of look at you like, what? Um, so a, a little prompting might, uh, might help them. Um, and, and so maybe there'll be a, maybe another get together for, um, for final comments because, um, it's a, it's just huge. It's just so big, uh, the, the issue. And I don't know, um, what the governor's report, um, really says. I should look into that a little more. Uh, but also, I know some suggestions from Tom Lozon and other council people are, uh, discussions are going back and forth. Um, but they've got to do something pretty quickly. Yeah. I, w- I will add on to, uh, to just the, the report. Uh, I, I've reviewed the draft report already. We reviewed it. Good. Um, our steering committee at, at Barry Up. And it's, it's got, it's got pages and pages of, of action items, both short and longer term. Good. And so our next steps for that are to identify, in some cases, who's already doing the short-term action forms and make that more explicit and transparent and public. So the things that people uh, wished for and hoped for and wanted to see, make sure they can make sure they can see them being done in their community. 
Um, and then we will, uh, so we'll, we'll match up what's being done with the organizations that are doing them or what's being done or what is concretely being planned to be done very soon. Um, that will leave some things, action items suggested from the forum that are not done, and we'll continue conversation about those and see which ones uh, are priorities and how do we um, build some movement around these. I've already uh, been to one long meeting about housing that uh, directly took um, the initial ideas from that housing conversation and has started to to build out um, planning from that. I'm going to uh, another one tomorrow night, um, again, directly sort of spurred by those conversations, bringing together people from a lot of different parts of Barry City uh, to think uh, about both immediate steps and longer term steps. Uh, and uh, I know I can I can directly speak to several of the action items from the social and community well-being uh, forum that are are moving forward nicely That's right great. now as well around neighborhood cohesion and community cohesion and really uh, strengthening those mutual aid networks that that sprang up so beautifully uh, in the early days of immediate response. So I think that uh, pretty darn soon we should have. Um, identified action items with people who are doing them, action items that we know uh, need to be done and some thinking around the steps uh, to be done. I would I would hope uh, that we will repeat a big community discussion three to six months uh, maybe as a check-in, uh, where are we now uh, kind of thing, uh, but there are no specific plans for that right now. I have to put in a little plug for the for the businesses. I I was interviewing some businesses in Montpelier and they brought to my attention the fact that this is their fourth quarter, which is where yeah. they make the most money to get through the first quarter of the the next year, which is usually downtime, January, February, March. So I would encourage everybody for those stores that are open to buy local. If you want these folks to stay in downtown and be part of the Barry community, you have to support them now, right? I, yeah. I that that upset me. I didn't think about it. I'm like, of course they're right. It's Christmas, the holidays. It's when they make the money to get through, you know, the winter months where people don't exactly run out a lot. Um, but anyway, so thank you both for doing this. Um, I think you know that as people see things getting done, they will be more encouraged and f- feel more hopeful about. Um, about um, going forward, and it's a great community, Barry. Um, and I think I don't know how many are there. A lot of stores still open, are uh, not still open, but open in downtown. Are, are there some closed, or what's happening downtown? Sure, uh, in Barry City, the only uh, place that hasn't yet opened uh, because of the flood is the Cat Cafe, and they still have all their cats back. The cafe part just isn't open, so they're taking appointments if you want to adopt a cat for the holidays. Oh, oh that's important. Um, <laughs> every other store and restaurant in the immediate downtown um, that was flood impacted is back open, so absolutely come shop, come dine in Barry City, and there's actually some renovations being done um We've got two businesses that are are renovating spaces to open up, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks or or even short-term months um, that, that that are coming coming in new uh, right now. Great. I like to tell people Barry City opened three new successful restaurants during COVID that we still have that are phenomenal. So it is a incredible place to come and, as you suggested, do some holiday shopping, hang out, 
get the best pizza you'll ever eat in your life, among other things. That's awesome. And, uh, and spend some time. Well, that's exciting news for sure. You're going to, guys are going to become the restaurant capital of Washington County here. You've got some great restaurants there for sure. So anyway, again, thank you both for all that you're doing and, uh, Thank you um, to um, the to all the organizations and the people of Barry. We love you, and just keep up the good work. Uh, in the meantime, this is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Stay tuned. We have all things LGBTQIA plus coming up. Be a great conversation.